WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Rochelle Ramsey, and Dan Banky. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by AgriValley Services. Pandemic or not, it's the best time of the year, and it all kicks off this evening. The road to the state championship begins tonight, and from now on until the first week of December, it's win or go home. Hello, friends, and good evening from the county seat of Huron, Van Axe, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside of me, as always, is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen. Thank you, Clark. Happy to be here, and it's always a great time here in Bad X, and looking forward to a big rematch rivalry game tonight. It's been a weird road to get to this point, but the MHSA playoffs are officially underway, and we find ourselves in Division 7's first round between the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers and the Bad Axe Hatchets, a highly anticipated rematch from just two weeks ago. No question about it. Bad Axe took advantage of a ton of Lakers turnovers and made a big-time statement win to help them get to a conference championship. Let's see if they can repeat that effort again. 14 days ago, the Lakers hosted the Bad Axe Hatchets on homecoming and ended up losing 27-6 on their home field. That win gave the Hatchets a share of the Greer Thumb West title. Fast forward two weeks and the Bad Axe Hatchets are in their first playoff game since 2014 and are trying to go for their first victory since 1978. I'm going to repeat that. First playoff victory they're trying for tonight since 1978. What were you doing in 1978, Clark? I can't believe it's been that long and I hope for their sake that streak ends tonight. For the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers, they are in the playoffs for the fifth straight year. They started out the season 3-0, lost two straight, including that game to Bannex, and then wrapped up the regular season with a 44-3 victory in Tawas. Wow, that's like it's like watching the stock market, Clark. It's such a volatile year for them, up and down, but they're winning. That big win last week might set them up with enough momentum to get their revenge tonight. Coming up in the next 55 minutes, we will look at our other area games, host our media roundtable, and take a deep dive into the game of the week. Lakers at Bad Axe in the first round of the MHSAA playoffs. It's all right here in your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. Tonight's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor, the talk of the thumb. DS Services of Cass City for all your grain handling needs. Kodak Radiator in Air Conditioning of Vanax. Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. Here in Daily Tribune, home of the Prep Zone. North Star Bank, guiding the way. Here on Auto Parts, Bayport State Bank. Tina Seeley, the Farm Bureau Insurance. The Michigan High School Athletic Association. And Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to AngerValleyServices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyright presentation of Thumb Broadcast Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. There are certain things that happen in a year that just feel right. Opening day of baseball, deer hunting, Christmas morning, and the start of the MHSA football playoffs. 
No matter how we got here, the important thing is we actually got here. Good evening once again. I'm Clark Ramsey, your host for tonight's game. This begins my 10th football postseason for the WLW Sports Network. To my right would be Dave Hansen, in-game analyst and my broadcast partner for the last nine years. In just shy of a decade, Dave, we have seen quite a number of iconic games on some of the state's largest stages. Oh, no question about it. I could talk here for the next half an hour about some of our favorite games, but it's pretty tough to top a football game calling a state championship victory for our local team in 2012 at Ford Field. That was uh, probably the top of the list. Dave and I have been there through the thick and thin for each of our area teams, and the beauty of this year's messed up circumstances is that everyone is in the playoffs. And speaking of everyone's in the playoffs, for the first time in 35 days, we have the entire broadcast team together at the same time. It's a miracle. The last time this happened was back on September 25th, Pretty sure when it was about triple the temperature it is right now in just the second week of the regular season. Yeah, I, I had to miss one week and just everything just fell through the cracks. But uh, we figured it oh, out. Okay, we pieced yeah. it back together. And uh, yes, we are all back together now. And back to our left tonight would be our director of sports information, Doug Gole. Each and every week, Doug runs the roads all the way from Livonia, Michigan for us and handles the offensive and defensive stats simultaneously and in real time. Doug, it's great to have you back in the booth with us tonight. Thanks, Clark. I enjoyed my weekend in Taos, but I am happy to be back in the booth here in Hatchet Country. Good to see you again, Doug. Uh, I, I'm, I'm dying to know, where, where did you find uh, for a place to eat on the way here? Well, from what I've heard, it's a really hot spot. Uh, I went to Rachel's. It, Very it good was choice. really good. I had some cod and french fries, and it was delicious. Does he get the Doug Cole seal of approval? You bet. All right, good. Dying with Doug can continue for another week with the Doug Cole seal of approval on Rachel's of Bad Axe. And, Doug, that is actually my wife's, Rochelle's, favorite meal from Rachel's as well. Excellent. I tell, I tell you what, Clark, my wife loves it too. They do a sushi night once a month. Oh, yes. and, uh, they can't do that enough. It's it's a long trip, but <laughs> she, we have to make it every month. On our opposite flank is our world-renowned director of visual data, Dan Banky, our spotter. For those listening to last week's game, you may have even heard Dan on the air for a few plays. Thanks to my fat fingers there, but Dan is the large reason we sound like we do on air. Well, and I'm sure if you did hear him, he's very intelligent. He's a former player, and he sees the game very well, understands the whole blocking situations and where the holes are going to be and why guys go there, which makes him an excellent spotter. Probably top 10 in the area, I would imagine. <laughs> At least, uh, I would say in the top five broadcast teams in Huron County. I would definitely say that. Yes. I would think he would squeak in there, yes. Yeah. Our director of game data analytics, Rochelle Ramsey, is even back with us this evening. She handles the game log, which calculates the game's first, third, and fourth down conversion rates, time possession, and much more. I, we're happy to have her back. Uh, we had to host the first week right in her backyard, so she didn't have a choice. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure you haven't told her what the temperature is going to be, but we are happy to have her, and she just obviously provides a ton of more statistical data for us to give to you guys throughout the game. And back again this Sunday at 7 p.m. is the strong side. Join Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, and Paul P. Adams on Sunday at 7 p.m. as we break down the first week of the postseason and take a look at who survived and who advanced. Tune in on Sports Radio 1021 or... Catch us live on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for WLW Sports. And not only can you just listen, but now you can also watch the strong side on YouTube as we recap the past week of high school football. Absolutely. And uh, just because we are only here covering this game doesn't mean we don't have a ton of other good teams in the local area to talk about future matchups, where we're going to be next week, as a matter of fact. So tune in at 7 p.m. on Sunday to find out all the information. The postseason is upon us, and you are tuned to the right place. Lakers at Bad Axe right here on Sports Radio 1021 FM. Stay right there. Up next, we'll have our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services.
Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. Listen live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Listen to our replays in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. And now also the strong side, Sundays at 7 p.m. live on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for WLW Sports. Click subscribe, and that way you never miss a moment of the strong side. It's now time for our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than Thompson Chevrolet Find New Roads. Join me tonight from the Heron County View. Everyone's here in person tonight. The Daniel Jones of the roundtable, Paul P. Adams. Our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hansen. The top spotter in Michigan's 10th Congressional District, Dan Banky, and our reigning media roundtable champion and director of sports information, Doug Cole. Through the end of the season, we keep score of our game's predictions, and when that time comes, we will deem a media roundtable winner. In our last, last broadcast, Dave Hansen edged out Doug Cole by one point for his first victory in recent memory, and that's long memory as well. And so, still though, Doug Cole has a two-game lead. Well, congrats, Dave. Uh, that's a painful loss, but hey, I still have a good two-game lead, so I'm happy. I needed it. I needed some momentum, and uh, I found some last week. Can you hear me? Oh, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm the last one here, so I wasn't sure if my radio was on. But, oh, yeah, uh, you're good. You're uh, good. That's okay. I can't hear you, so it's <laughs> all good. <laughs> okay. uh, all right, so how it works. Each media representative picks a winner and a final score for tonight's feature game in the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, graciously will accept the victory for the week. Since Dave won last week, he will go last. So tonight's order is Paul P. Adams leading off again, followed by Dan Banky, Doug Cole, and then Dave Hansen. Paul P. Adams, you're up. Ah, it's good to be back. Uh, Daniel Jones, out. That's, uh, that was, that's tough, but uh, accurate. I've been close and uh, tripped myself up a few times, and I'll probably do so tonight. But uh, this game, very, very unique uh, to to get a rematch this close uh, to what happened the last time that these two teams played. I mean, Badex absolutely dominated Lakers the last time they played, but it was a kind of a perfect storm for, for the, the Hatchets. Uh, five fumbles, they, they, re, they recovered them, uh, turned them into points, and just rode that momentum, and before Lakers knew it, I mean, it, the game was just out of hand. I think it's going to be a different story tonight. Uh, a little bit of breaking news. Uh, I think most Hatchet fans already know this. If you don't, uh, quarterback Vinny Blackstock is not playing. And that really showed last week at Ubley uh, when Bad X posted just 36 total offensive yards. Now, they've had a week to get ready for this, and I'm sure they'll come up with something, but that is a big blow for the Hatchets. I'm going to go with the Lakers, and I'm going to go big with the Lakers, 35 to nothing. 35 nothing. A shutout for the Elkton Pigeon Bay War Lakers going to the sports it, it's editor. It's not personal. I'm just trying to win this thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, Dan Benke, you're up. Uh, I'm kind of jumping. Same thing as Paul. Uh, losing uh, Blackstock is a huge loss. Um, coming from personal experience, playing the same team twice in the same year is is very, very hard to do. Like To beat them twice is almost impossible. Um, I think Lakers is going to sharpen up, get rid of those turnovers, Hang on to the ball will be the big thing. Um, I am also going with Lakers, but maybe not nearly as big. I'm going to go 28 to 12 Lakers. 28 to 12, a 16 point victory, according to Dan Banky, in favor of the Lakers, 28 to 12. Doug Cole. Well, Clark, I think it's going to be a different story. So I do, uh, than two weeks ago. So I do agree with Paul and uh, Dan. I think losing Vinny uh, Blackstock is huge. 
Uh, but I don't. I I have the uh, Lakers winning as well. I don't think they're going to be like Michigan State last week and turn the ball over <laughs> seven times. Seven times. Yeah. So, but Bad X uh, had some confidence. I still will take the Lakers, but a lot closer. Uh, Twenty-two to fourteen. Twenty-two to fourteen, an eight-point victory for the Green and White, according to Doug Cole. Eight points for the Lakers. That leaves last week's winner, <laughs> Dave Hanson. So, so to be truthful, the reason Paul went so big is because I don't one dollar him and go a dollar at one higher than him. But uh, you guys nailed it. Uh, I don't know how you replace a quarterback like Vinny Blackstock. It completely takes away what they want to do with the offense. They want to do run pass options. They want him to move. They want him to throw the ball. The offense starts and ends with him. He may not be the guy with all the stats, but they run the offense through him knowing that if a play breaks down, Vinny Blackstock is the type of guy that can make things happen. They have some injuries on defense. The line is banged up. This team is hurting. Now, I don't know how many of these guys are going to play or if they're 100%, but what I do know is the, the main reason that Lakers fumbled, come on, one guy. And when your best player fumbles a ton, he doesn't take that very lightly. And I think he specifically will have a rebound game, and I'm talking about Wisner. I think he runs all over this team, and I like Lakers to get the revenge here 30-8. to 30-8, to eight, a 22-point victory. For the Lakers, according to Dave Hansen. So the the experts have spoken. Doug Cole taking the low end there with La- everyone taking Lakers. So I have bad X tonight. Doug Cole taking Lakers by eight points. Dan Benke taking Lakers by 16. Dave Hansen taking Lakers by 22. And Paul P. Adams, the second most liked sports editor in bad X Michigan right now with a 35-point Go big or go home, Clark. Go big or go home. For Lakers. <laughs> All right, let's move along here to our other area games. We had two take place last night, actually, in eight-player football. Kingston traveled to Morris, and they lost 32-0. Morris beat Kingston two weeks ago, 57-0. This time around, it was 32-0. And uh, they've now beaten Kingston 141-0 in the last two years in three games. Wow. It, they're proving why they are the, the uh, Division One uh, state champion. A little tidbit, if you guys don't know um, – there are no eight-man games being played today. They were even either being played Thursday or Saturday. This is due to the increase of playoff teams that we have. We simply do not have enough officials to officiate all these games. The, the playoff field has grown by that much, so that is why there were a couple of games played last night, and there will be more games played tomorrow. All right, well, let's move on. Deckerville traveling to Merrill. I think the Eagles got their hands full. This is Merrill's first year in eight-player football. Their only loss is to Portland St. Patrick, who is the uh, the, the odds-on favorite in eight-player Division II. Um, I think Merrill is, is really good. I think Deckerville's had a fine season, uh, but they're going to struggle a little bit in this game. Give me Merrill. And Deckerville lost to Merrill in 1999 in the district final, 51-14. to and uh, now the winner takes on Morris next week. Mayville played last night in their first home playoff game in school history. They hosted Genesee, and they won 48-20. to That's their first playoff win in school history as well. Now they play the winner of Adrian Lenaway Christian in Flint International. Spoiler alert, it's going to be Adrian Lenaway Christian. Adrian Lenaway Christian is an absolute powerhouse this year. I said this on the strong side last week, and I've said this for a couple of weeks. The state champion in Division One is coming out of this region. It is either going to be Morris or Adrian Lanaway Christian. Uh, no disrespect for, to Mayville, and I just disrespected the, the Wildcats, so sorry. But Adrian Lanaway Christian, look at their schedule. Look at what they've done, uh, the points that they put up. This is an absolute powerhouse team. They are going to dismantle Flint International, and uh, I, I think – could, uh, this is going to be a dandy when they en- eventually meet Morris. It was a great season for Mayville. This is a great building block for them, but 
we are on a collision course for Morris against Adrian Lenaway, and I can't wait to see it because that might be one of the better football games that weekend. Adrian Lenaway, Christian, was the first year in A player football. Last year, they lost to Reading in the Division Eight regional final. Last year, 21-26 to was actually the closest score that Reading had all season in any of their wins. Moving on to Division Two of eight-player football. These are the smaller schools. North Huron hosts the Augre Sims Wolverines tomorrow at 5 p.m. Yeah, I, I love North Huron's chances, and it just it's still it's still baffling and shocking to me. Two years ago, I walked out the field at Augre Sims, and they dropped 72 on Deckerville. Now they're the they're the eighth seed in Division Two eight-player football to North Huron, and North Huron I think is just going to roll in this game. That North Huron got a lot of momentum going, and and uh, Augre had to win just to get in. I'm just going to say, they had to win. They only have one win. You yep. needed one win to qualify for the playoffs. They barely got it. So, what would a couple years make, Paul? But North Huron wins this game. I don't even think it's close, and it's a great building block win for them for their next week's matchup. Peck plays at Ashley. Mind you, these two teams played just a week ago. Ashley won that one by 8 points, 30-22. to 22. CPS travels to Bay City All Saints. The All Saints looking for their first playoff victory since 2017. CPS is their first playoff appearance since 2013. Yeah, that's it, CPS is a blue blood of eight-player eight football, one of the founders, but has really come on rough times lately. Uh, I think the All Saints are going to get that win. Um, and I'll tell you what, give me packing the rematch against Ashley. I just got a feeling that uh, coming home, hosting that game, they're going to find a way to pull that out and get a rematch with the Warriors. None of these teams stand out to me. I think I think North Huron has a really nice road to get to that final game against Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. And, and personally. home field throughout uh, the, the regional round, huge for North Huron. No question about it, but that's the matchup I think we're looking for here is, is fast forward a little bit. No offense to anybody else, but I think it's North Huron, Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart in two weeks. And Akron Fairgrove, the last time they made the playoffs was 2013. They are in this year, the seventh seed taking on the two seed in Mount Pleasant against Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart, their last playoff victory back in 2013. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me about Sacred Heart is when Sacred Heart faces uh, a lesser opponent, they run it up. They, I think they've been in the 80s a couple times this year, so uh, it's probably going to be a long night for the Vikings. It's that Catholic mentality, let me tell you. Oh, uh, no comment. <laughs> Dave and I are both Catholics. We can say those things. You, can't, right. you said enough, though. I'll leave it there. As a proud Our Lady of Lake Huron Trojan, you know, we, we've lost two games in basketball over four seasons. All right, moving on. That was – who cares? Was All right, who cares? Years ago. <laughs> Dave, just because you played for country schools yes. in Ruth. Yes. Yeah, you were recruited to Ruth. Yes, St. Yes. Peter and paid. Paul. Highly paid, yes. Yeah. It's, it's been downhill from there. All right, moving on. This much like this broadcast downhill. Coming Let's off the <laughs> Let's move on to Division 8 in 11-player football. Flint New Standard takes on Flint Beecher in Fleet in Flint. That is tonight, the Spartans against the Bucks. No one cares. Sagata MLS plays at Harbor Beach tomorrow at 1.30. This is a rematch from last year, the first week of the playoffs. Harbor Beach won last year 22-0. What's this year going to look like? I don't like what I saw from the from the Pirates at all last week. Uh, other than that, that drive they got to the goal line, uh, they did absolutely nothing. I know that they... they traditionally do well against these teams but i just there's just something about harbor beach that's not clicking for me i'm gonna go with mls in this game first of all the flint new standard is not as good as the flint old standard because the flint beacher will absolutely roll them right out of the gym and as for the mls and, and harbor beach uh, it's very interesting i i don't think i don't like harbor beach's odds but i'm gonna pick them to win a close one because the weather is better tonight i think kadar doesn't go down without a swing i think he throws the ball again tonight i see tomorrow a, a, sorry tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. afternoon he makes a couple big throws throws MLS may not be able to cover that and I expect MLS to run the spread themselves so Harbor Beach may actually have a better time defending that versus the teams that have just run it right up their face so don't be surprised if they hang around maybe still win 
Marlett at USA. That is tonight at 7 p.m. USA going for their first playoff victory since defeating Cass City in 2016, 18-14. Marlette is entering the postseason with a three-game losing streak. For me, USA is my favorite in this district. Uh, they are playing the best ball, and when you look at their two losses, especially that loss to Cass City, uh, I, I think they really discovered a lot about themselves again in the loss to uh, Lakers, but the loss against Cass City, and now they're they're rolling. Uh, give me USA all day long, and I'm looking forward to a USA ugly rematch. Uh, not a rematch. Usually it is a rematch, but a, a little bit of a showdown there. Yeah, Marlett, uh, they come out strong the first couple weeks, but reality has set in. It, and grad, I'm glad they made the playoffs. That is a great achievement for them, but they did not want to draw USA. USA is the hottest team in this division coming in right now and absolutely Ubley is in the same boat they are playing their best football right now too so USA may have a little tougher time with the Bearcats than they plan on I think the Bearcats will absolutely hang around but USA right now is the favorite in this district it doesn't matter to me what Flint Beecher's been doing and the final game in the division eight local district the Ubley Bearcats the two seed in this district hosting the Brown City Green Devils tonight at seven when Brown City and Ubley met a couple weeks ago Ubley gave up 200 rushing yards they are not doing that tonight Night. That really woke them up, and that led to that awesome defensive performance they had against Bad X. I think Ubley has a great defensive performance today in, 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 getting, in prep of getting ready for USA next week. Those running backs are really starting to get going, and on the other side of the ball, you're seeing those linebackers really take away those gaps. Uh, the Ubley Bearcats beat, the, beat Brown City no problem. And very quickly here, through Division 7, Hemlock, the one seed, hosting Vassar. That's going to be Hemlock, Lakers against Bad X, the game in front of us. All four taking Lakers. St. Charles at Sandusky. That should be all Sandusky at 6-0. As they have not won a playoff game since 2015. They beat USA and Cass City before losing to New Lothrop in that year. And then Cass City hosts the Reese Rockets. One of the most interesting games of Division 7. I think we're going to see a Sandusky-Cass City game next week. But it may not matter. Hemlock is a very good ball club. They're the favorite to win this, this division. I, but I certainly like the Sandusky Cass City potential next week. But don't sleep on the Reese Rockets. They are playing good football right now. Dave stole my line. All right. Well, with that, it's time to steal a few commercials out of the lineup here. It's that time for a break. We are about 29 minutes away from kicking off the postseason right here on the WLEW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. The Bad Axe Hatchets hosting a playoff game against the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. A rematch from just two weeks ago in the Division 7 MHSA playoffs. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Rochelle Ramsey, and Dan Banky with your call tonight from high above the Claude Marsh Field in Bad Axe, Michigan. Let's talk about their opponent tonight, the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. For the fifth time in five years, the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers have made the postseason. For the last four of those, Steve Verberg has been the man in charge for the Laker program, winning 70% of all games coached since 2017. The Green Machine from the Consolidated School Districts of Elkton Pigeon and Bayport High Schools have some very obvious motivation entering tonight's game, and that's just the way head coach Steve Verberg likes it. Absolutely. He's been consistent, and that's what this program needed. They had so many emotional highs and lows over the years, but Coach Verberg... It took over for Coach Grybauskas, and in those 39 games since he took over, he's 28-11. and 11. He's won 71% of his games, and he has a 3-1 and one record against the Bad Axe Hatchets and at least seven wins in three of those seasons. When Verbert took over the program, he installed a new defense as well as a new offense, the double wing. 
with two wing backs on the outside shoulders of the tight ends and a bruising fullback in the backfield. The green and white have one more unique off one of the more unique offenses in the entire Greater Them Conference. As a result, the Lakers have rushed for 1,600 yards in six games, an average of 266 rushing yards per game. At times, some fans have called it gimmicky, but they have the right personnel for this offense, which is why I think Coach Faberg really likes it. He's got speed on the edges, so when he tries to run off tackle, he's got guys like Kretschmer and Collison Russell to run those patterns and try to hit the sideline, and he's got the perfect fullback, the power guy to attack the middle in Ethan Wisner. He's the guy, he's the bell cow back, that's the guy that's going to get a ton of carries tonight and watch for him to get redemption because he had a little bit of case of fumbleitis last time look for him to change instead of five fumbles look for him to have four or five touchdowns tonight commanding the offense would be a sophomore play caller his seventh star of his career tonight a 511 180 pound quarterback it falls on connor mccain for his precise timing of sweeps handoffs pitches and about six passes per game he's got big shoes to fill okay so he's gonna have the responsibility of making sure these guys get the ball he has thrown the ball 35 times he's completed 28 of them so 80 percent completion percentage and i look at that as coach Verberg calling those passing plays in x on opportunities and McCain has taken advantage of the shots that he gets to take. I think he'll throw one or two early to try to get ahead on the Baddock's hatchets. For the 2020 season, Lakers is averaging 32 points a game, their fifth best average in the Greater Them Conference. On defense, they are tied for third with USA, allowing just under 14 points a game. Two weeks ago against Bad Axe, Lakers allowed nearly double of that at 27. In a 21-point loss, though, to the Hatchets, they did only allow 179 yards on offense, so the defense wasn't actually that bad. But six tackles for loss and one forced fumble, no sacks. Keep in mind, that offense turned the ball over and gave the Hatchets great field position all game long, but this Lakers defense has posted a shutout against Vassar, and they only allowed a field goal against Tawas. In last week's win over Tawas, with a light miss coming off of Saginaw Bay, Lakers accumulate over 350 yards of total offense and did not allow a point beyond the first quarter. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll look at the Bad Axe Hatchets going for their first playoff victory since 1978. It's all right here on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services, the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers, in a rematch against the Bad Axe Hatchets on your home for high school football. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. We've talked about the Lakers. Let's take a look at the Bad Axe Hatchets. Cal Pokley took over the Bad Axe football program in January of 2020, just moments before the pandemic shut down the entire globe. In 2019, he was the junior varsity coach for Bad Axe, going undefeated a year ago, and has been a teacher at Bad Axe schools for four years and was previously the junior high coach before that. There's no doubt that Cal Pokley knows the players in his program and has paid dividends in his first year at the helm, already claiming a divisional title. Keep in mind, the previous two coaches, Mark Minetti, 0-9 in his first season in 2010. Coach Kelly Durr after him, 2016, his first season, 1-8. Coach Pokley is 4-2, taking his team to the playoffs, and he's the, the winningest coach in his first year as head coach at Bad Axe. So he's off to the very a very, very good start for his team. With taking over any football program, the learning curve is steep. The Hatchets took their licks in the season opener at home against Sandusky 36-6 in a loss. But then Bad Axe rattled off four straight victories to grab a share of the Greater Than West title, their first since 1995. 
The Hatchets lost a lot to graduation, including Jack Clancy, who scored 18 touchdowns a season ago. But second-year starting quarterback Vince Blackstock has done a great job of keeping the Hatchets moving in the right direction. He led the single-wing offense into the postseason for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Unfortunately, he's out with a broken collarbone. Absolutely, but we still got to talk about him. 5'11", 170-pound senior quarterback, uh, an absolute cannon, has the ball to throw it down the field deep. He actually carries the ball quite a bit uh, against you – know, he's carried the ball 20 times for 61 yards. He's not the focal point of the running game, but a good distributor of the ball. He finds open receivers. He's not afraid to make a throw and take a hit. He's a big guy. Uh, so he is the guy that will be sorely missed. If he's if Bad X were to win, I don't think he's available for the rest of the season. But – He's a guy that is a vocal point of this offense. I don't know how they're going to replace him. And with the first-year program, there are a lot of things to square away, including stats. We unfortunately do not have many to go off of, but at a minimum, we do have the stats from the Lakers' Bad Axe game from two weeks ago. Despite winning by three touchdowns, the Hatchets made every single yard count, putting together only 179 yards of offense, relying on outstanding field position and timely turnovers. Unfortunately, the Hatchets may be without some of their firepower from two weeks ago. Yeah, we're not sure. Uh, there's quite a few injuries on the team, and it's hard, obviously, in high school football to figure out who's in, who's out, who's 100%, who's playing with an injury. But we know Vinny Blackstock is out. But a guy to keep an eye on is Corbin Legault. He is actually a transfer from Lakers schools, and he has made a big impact on this Bad X team. So if he can give it a go tonight, that is a huge plus for this Hatchets team. The Hatchets' resurgence with a four-game win streak has been largely to do with their stingy defense down the stretch. No question about it. And I forgot to mention one important thing. Corbin Legault and Vinny Blackstock accumulated 80% of that total offense against the Lakers the last time. And if both of them are out, that's a huge blow. As for the defense, we keep talking about it. They forced five turnovers against this Lakers team last time around. Toby McPhee is a force on defense. Uh, Jake McPhee is another one. Uh, So the McPhee boys are guys you have to watch out for. They are the playmakers on defense. Probably first teamers, no question about it. They have led this defense. Toby McPhee, 10 tackles, two sacks against Lakers the last time around. We are just 15 minutes away from kicking off the postseason. The Bad Axe Hatches hosting the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers in the Division 7 MHSA playoffs. Two weeks ago, Bad Axe won 27-6. We'll see who wins the second round right here on Sports Radio 1021. Up next, a direct comparison between Bad Axe and Lakers. We are into the final minutes before kicking off the postseason. The WLW Sports Network is your home for the entire postseason. Let's take a look at a direct comparison between the two teams fighting for the match to advance tonight. As the crow flies, just 10 miles separate Lakers and Bad X. For those who are able to snag a ticket to tonight's game via digitally tickets, that means just a 12-minute journey on M142, but that depends if you need to stop at Meyer first. In regards to school size, there's just a difference of three students between Lakers and Bad Axe High Schools, according to the MHSA, 288 for the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers, and 291 Hatchets. So it's Bad Axe by three students. Tonight is the 65th time that the Hatchets and Lakers have played each other in football. That will be the second most frequent matchup with any school for both teams. Only Cass City has played Lakers and Bad Axe more. Lakers has a sizable advantage in the historical matchup dating back to their first game in 1960. Lakers won 42 times, Bad Axe at 20, along with two ties in 1965 and 1969. 
The Green White have won eight of the last ten games with an average score of Lakers 32, Banax 17. In 2020, the Lakers have been scoring 32 points per game with Banax averaging 23.5. So on offense, it's Lakers by 8.5 points. Defensively in 2020, Lakers has the best defense in the Griffin, third best defense, excuse me, in the Griffin Conference, allowing just 13.7 per game. Banax is close behind, in fact, just one-tenth of a point behind at 13.8. So defensively, it's Lakers by one-tenth of a point. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident in that line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and Rich Rodriguez, sports wagering department, said are factoring in all possibilities. Stats, injuries, weather, and location. The spread for tonight sits at Lakers, eight and a half points. Tonight is the 304th day of the year, meaning just 62 days until 2020 is finally done and over with. It was on this day 82 years ago in 1938 that Orson Welles' War of the Worlds famous radio broadcast took the world by storm, which, Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm an expert at this. Uh, the you, only thing I'm more of an expert at is how many hydrants there are in the city limits of Harvey. <laughs> that was probably one of our best ones we did. That was one of your best yeah. ones, yes. That was great. All right. Well, this week's trivia topic is Orson Welles. It was a calm Sunday evening at 8 p.m. on October 30th, 1938, when the Columbia Broadcasting System, or CBS, introduced Orson Welles' program, War of the Worlds, which ended up causing nationwide panic that the U.S. was actually being invaded by aliens from Mars. My question to you, Dave, is how old was Orson Welles when War of the Worlds hit the airwaves? All right, I will be honest. I am not an expert on Orson Welles. Weird. I do. So yes. weird. Somehow I don't remember that broadcast uh, at that time, but I do know he was very young. I believe he was in his 20s, and I don't remember. I, I'm going to go with 25. Uh, John Mooney would be proud of you, but it's actually 23 years old. Orson Welles just 23 Made his stage debut at the age of 16 in Dublin, Ireland. Went on to Broadway and then landed a contract in 1938, creating the series of the Mercury Theatre on on the Air, which was the War of the Worlds a few months later. The program began at 8 p.m., in which CBS explained that they were about to hear, but no one was listening at the time because they were all tuned into NBC's radio program of ventriloquist Edgar Bergen. By the time the stand-up act went to commercial of a ventriloquist on the radio, just keep that in mind, <laughs> was done at 8.12 p.m. There was a commercial break, so Orson Welles, they all flipped the channel over, and Orson Welles' world invasion was well underway, missing the preface to it. Nationwide panic set in due to radio broadcasts feeling authentic and not realizing it was a dramatization. As a result, the Federal Communications Commission, or the FCC, investigated the program, claiming it was deceptive and the public demanded further regulations of broadcasts. Dave, after that whole paragraph of information... <coughs> With the FCC investigation of Orson Welles, what was Orson Welles charged with? I'm not sure there wasn't a regulation that was created at some point, but at that time, I can't think of anything fancy that he would have been charged with, so I don't have a good answer other than I can't think of anything, so I'm going with nothing. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> All right, After the, It was deemed that there was no wrongdoing of the broadcast, and it was just a well-produced radio program that sounded too real for its listeners. We feel the pain. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly what it is. No question. While the show was still ongoing, here's what's crazy. Police even tried to bust down the doors into the studio to try and pull the plug on the broadcast. Mayors from Midwest were calling in, saying people were in the streets causing panic, looking up to the sky is quite bizarre. And as a result, Orson Welles skyrocketed to national fame and eventually moved to Hollywood. Because of War of the Worlds, what movie contract did Orson Welles sign? What movie are we looking for here, Dave? I, I'm sure it's an obvious one, but I, I do not have any. I don't know. Citizen Kane. <laughs> Citizen Kane, Orson Welles, was the producer, writer, director, and star, and it was his first feature film ever. 
It was nominated for nine Academy Awards, won one, and is considered still to this day the greatest film ever made. And speaking of analyzing film, Dave, what are your three keys to tonight's game? Well, let's start with the most obvious one and get it right out of the way. For the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers visiting the Bad X Hatches, they have to clean up the turnovers. Five, six, whatever turnovers it was in that game, you cannot do that and beat any team in this area. So they must clean up their act on offense, take care of the football. For the Bad X Hatchets, battling injuries, especially with their star quarterback, Vinny Blackstock, not able to play. Their young quarterback, which I believe is going to be Meinhold, uh, the young Meinhold kid starting, Bad X is going to have to slow the game down for him. He doesn't have a ton of reps at the varsity level. So you need to slow it down, control the clock, keep your offense on the field, and keep that Laker offense off the field. So slowing the game down for their quarterback, finding ways to get first downs, get him in a rhythm, will really help out make up the difference for what Vinny Blackstock is leaving behind. And last but not least, it's for the Bad X Hatchets. They have to create pressure. They have to get pressure on McCain when he pulls play action, and they have to blow up those running plays. If you allow that big offensive line of the Lakers to push you back, they will simply and slowly, methodically run it down your throats and beat you. So they have to create pressure, create plays of loss. So if the Bad X Hatchets can create pressure, I like their chances tonight. Current conditions in Bad Axe, Michigan, 32 degrees with partly cloudy skies. They're calling for a 0% chance of rain this evening. Winds are the northwest at 1 mile per hour, gusting up to 5. Visibility at 10 miles. Barometric pressure is going up. Watch out at 30.26 inches, and the dew point is at 22 degrees. It feels like it's 32 degrees out. The humidity is at 66%. Sunset was about 30 minutes ago at 624, and we're currently in a waxing gibbous moon phase. The favorite moon phase of the WLAW Sports Network. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful night for football. Sunrise this morning at 8.06 a.m. Sunset at 6.24. That means that October 30th, 2020, we've just had 10 hours and 18 minutes of daylight. We lost 20 minutes since last week. And don't forget, well, you really don't need to remember anything because your iPhone and everything else are going to switch automatically. Sunday at 2 a.m., we fall back an hour. Lakers won the toss, elected to defer, so Ben X will be uh, starting out the half on offense. And your officials, sorry, completely blank there for a second. Let's talk about your officials here for a second. Your referee, Bay City crew here, Jim Nizwander. Your umpire is Tony Garcia Jr. Head linesman, Mike Grzeski, definitely from Bay City. Line judge, Jim Fratakis. And your back judge, definitely not from Bay City. This is a familiar name here, Cade Walsh from Ubley. All right, it's time for a short break. We're waiting for the teams to come back on the field here. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Kickoff is eminent of the postseason right here on Sports Radio 1021, home of the WLW Sports Network. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. Both teams are lined up for our national anthem. The stands are as full as the governor will allow, and the postseason is right in front of us. Bad Axe hosting the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Bad Axe with their first home game in the playoffs in a long, long time, going for their first victory since 1978. The Lakers trying to make it two years in a row with the playoff victory. Last year they beat Bishop Foley at home before falling in the second half. Let's listen in to a PA announcer, the Honorable Gerald Prill. 
Todd and Dr. Stein, would you please stay up? Gentlemen, remove your caps, active military and veterans may render the appropriate salute as we welcome Hatchet Senior Destiny Boons, who will sing our national anthem. Beautiful live version of the National Anthem here as both teams coming onto the field. But like we said, Lakers won the toss. He elected to defer, so Bennix will be receiving the ball on offense first. Of course, Vince Blackstock out with a collarbone injury, so more than likely Griffin Meinhold filling in the shoes there. He is a sophomore, number seven. To his right, the fullback, that'd be Carson Affer, number 44. These are projected lineups, of course. The blocking back in the single-wing offense to the right would be number three, Corbin Legault. Wingback Griffin Meinhold there. He's going to switch over, and we'll have a few shifts as well. Wide receiver out wide is Jensen Emmerich. He's a senior. Your center, Boyd Evans, a senior, a six foot four, two hundred twenty pound senior. To the right guard, Austin Vollmering, number fifty six, a five ten, hundred eighty five pound junior. Right tackle, number seventy one, Cody Bailey, a senior, six foot two, two hundred five pounds. And the left guard, Sam Haas, a junior, 5'10", 185 pounds. And your tight end to the left, also the kicker, Micah Gordon, a senior, 6'1", 170 pounds. Kicking things off for the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers in their green pants, green and black pants, white uniforms, is Ethan Wisner, the fullback, kicking things off. And it comes in at the 17-yard line, brought in by Corbin Legault, goes right forward to near the near sideline. Breaks out of one tackle to 30, and still on his feet all the way out to the 35-yard line. A nice 18-yard return for Corbin Legault, and Bad Axe will start out at their 35-yard line. First and 10, and we have a flag flying after the play from the near sideline judge here. This will be an unsportsmanlike conduct to begin the game, and so we'll find out here. After the play, dead ball, unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, receiving teams, coaching staff, 15-yard penalty from the end of the run, first down. So instead of at the 35-yard line, they start at the 20-yard line. Not exactly the start the Bad Axe Hatchets were looking for at the hands of the coaching staff. First in a long ways ago, actually they're going to move the entire chains back to the 20-yard line at the end of the run. So it's first and 10 from the 20. I understand it's a playoff game. I understand it's a home playoff game against arguably your biggest rival. But your coaching staff has to be better than that. Your kids 
are injured, banged up. You need every advantage you can get. The last thing you need is your coach costing 15 yards. Direct snap to Corbin the goal. He breaks out one tackle. He looks like he has the first down and finally falls forward across the 30-yard line. Finally brought down by Mason Williams, defensive back for Lakers. An 11-yard gain, first and 10 for Badax. Nice start there by Corbin Legault as he slides through on that right side, and he's able to weasel his way all the way to the first down marker. Once he got past those D tackles, he had quite a bit of running room, took a D back to finally bring him down, and a great start for the Hatchets offense with an 11-yard gain on first down. First and 10 from the 31, right to left across your radio in their new blue uniforms. Gold stripes on the shoulders and down the sides of the jerseys. New blue helmets with the broken axe on each side. Direct snap once again to Corbin Galt. Lakers comes up with a stop right at the original line of scrimmage. That's the big man 76, Luke Braun. A 6'3", 270-pound sophomore for Lakers. Second down and 10. 6'3", 270-pound sophomore. That is a guy that I am not running at very often. But the Bad Axe Hatchets dial up the same play. Corbin Legault in the backfield, takes the direct snap, follows his backer to the right, and goes right at Brown, and he makes that tackle for no gain. Number seven, Griffin Meinhold gets the call from Cal Pokley from the sidelines. Comes back to the line of scrimmage, facing his second down and 10. Wide right, wing, single wing to the right. Second down, about nine and a half to go. Direct snap to Meinhold, and he hands it off to Corbin Legault. Coming around the right side, breaks out one tackle, still on his feet, and is upended at the 38-yard line. Brought down by Garrett Bowles, outside linebacker for the Lakers. A nice seven, maybe even eight-yard gain for Corbin Legault on a second and third effort. Second down and third down and manageable, second down and three. So what you're seeing the Hatchets do is putting Griffin Meinhold and Corbin Legault next to each other, and we're not sure. You never know which one is going to actually field the snap and then which one's actually going to run the ball. So the last two plays, you saw Corbin Legault take the snap and then follow Meinhold through the gap trying to get a play. This time you see Griffin Meinhold catch the ball, look to his left, spin all the way around, and then hand it off to Corbin Legault. Takes a long time, then Legault takes it around the right side and gets down the sideline for a nice gain on second down. Legault checks out, and number 20 is in for the Bad Axe Hatchets. That would be Blake Tulaski. And now we have whistles, and we have timeout called by the Bad Axe Hatchets. Not even two minutes into the ball game. It is facing a third down in three for the Bad Axe Hatchets right here on the WLW Sports Network 0-0 Bad Axe and Lakers in the first week of the postseason. Third and three for the Bad Axe coming out of their first timeout. Handoff to the left side, direct snap to number 20, and he goes absolutely nowhere. Blake Talaski gets actually pushed back beyond the 35, down to the 34-yard line. It's going to be a loss of three. Tackle made by Lakers number 18, Garrett Bowles. And now a fourth down and seven upcoming for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Well, with the ball on the right hash, the Hatchets place three receivers on the left in tight, so it it certainly looks like they are going to try and run at those three wide receivers. And Zach Kretschmer goes unblocked. He just takes one step into the backfield, and Blake Talaski runs right into him, nowhere to go. So a loss on the play, and i got to imagine now with fourth down and seven or so that the Hatchets almost have to punt it away here. They do have the punting unit out there. Deep back for the Lakers would be Garrett Bulls back on his own 24-yard line. Weighing the snap. Number 15, Micah Gordon, perhaps one of the best foots in the entire Graytham Conference. 
Punt comes into the 36-yard line, breaks out of one tackle. Garrett Bowles going to the far sideline to midfield and wrapped up by number seven for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Griffin Meinhold on special teams, and Bad Lakers will have excellent field position right at midfield. First and ten left right across your radio. So a great return there. 18, Garrett Bowles. That kick is high, and it is spinning if you're watching that football here at the game. Ball spinning. It was a great catch on the run, and then he's able to shed a tackle to get the ball all the way to midfield. So a very nice return, setting up excellent field position for Lakers with that ball spotted right at midfield. First and 10 for the Lakers. It's going to be a handoff to Zach Kretschmer. Comes around to him, splits the hash marks, gets down to the Bad X 47-yard line. Tackle made in tandem by number 15, Micah Gorn, as well as Corbin Legault on defense. Second down and seven. So the Lakers, they take the standard wing tee and take the two outside backs and line them up just behind each of the tight ends. And then what you'll see is a lot of motion. You will see a lot of those running backs covering the tight ends go in motion. That typically dictates which way the play is going to go. So they have their speedier guys in Kretschmer and Collison Russell on the edges, and then their power back, which is Ethan Wisner, in the backfield. Second down and seven. Pitch to number 20, Logan Collison Russell has a lead blocker, and Badak swarms the ball, fumble. It is stripped by number 40. Going the other way, Jake Maffee has down to the 25, to the 15, to the 10. Touchdown, Badak. Jake Maffee strips the ball away from Logan Collison Russell and runs it in from 40, 53 yards out for the score. And the Badak Hatchets are on the board first, taking advantage of a turnover right off the bat. 6 nothing Badak. What a play by the defense. And if Jake Maffee does that out on the streets, he's going to jail. He absolutely <laughs> just took the ball right away from him. And we're going the other way. Jake Maffee, a sophomore, Rips it right out of the hands of Collison Russell. Carroll's with the football and absolutely shows off some speed. Strolling into the into the end zone, social distancing his way with nobody <laughs> around him. And the Hatchets put up six points first. McPhee with a 53-yard run after the fumble recovery in the strip. Now they bring out the punt or the extra point team number 15, Micah Gordon, weighing the PAT. And looks like Bad X may have had one too many people on the field. So. Corbin Legault comes off. Now 11, please round 11 on the field. The kick is up, and the kick is good. Yes, it is. Bad X leads 7-0 over the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. We've played four minutes in the postseason right here on the WLW Sports Network. Bad X 7, Lakers nothing. The Bad Axe Hatchets lead the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers after a Jake McPhee 53-yard fumble return. And the ball comes in out from Micah Gordon into the hands of Zach Kretschmer at the 15-yard line. Flag flies at the 30. Zach Kretschmer has a seam on the near sideline. He's still on his feet at the Bad Axe 30, still going down the sideline, and he's down, and he's into the end zone. Touchdown, Lakers. But there is more than likely going to be a hold back of the 37-yard line of Lakers' own territory. And this will maybe either call back on a hold or a block in the back. We'll find out from the officials the initial single, a block in the back. So don't even look at that touchdown run from Zach Kretschmer. And this will be, they're saying, at the 35-yard line from the spot of the foul. That's 10 yards from there. The guilty party, Dawson Nagy, 68, the 6'2", senior. Illegal block in the back. Receiving team. 10 yards from the spot of the foul. First down. 
So the Bad Axe Hatchets fired up right now, and for good reason. They lead 7-0, 7.53 left in the first quarter. Turnovers and penalties. It's hard to win games when you make turnovers and make penalties at bad times. They take a kick return for a touchdown to totally steal the momentum away from the home team, but it doesn't matter. A block in the back is now going to give the Lakers poor field position now. They're going to have to go a long ways here to score on this hatchet defense. Lakers first and 10 from their own 26-yard line working off the near hash. Left right across your radio. Weston Bowles starting center for the Lakers leads him up to the line. It's a pitch out to Ethan Wisner kind of trying to cover, excuse me, Zach Kretschmer coming around the right edge. And he gets out to the 28-yard line, a hard-fought two yards before number 15, Micah Gordon, cornerback for Ben X, brings him down, second down and eight. Nice job there by the Hatchets. Lakers in tight. You see the quarterback, McCain, turn to the far side of the field and then pitch the ball to his to Jake Ketchmer coming at him and around the right side, and that's exactly where the Bad X defense was planning on. They don't fall for all the fakes and all the motion, hold their ground, and make a play for a very little gain. Lakers now with their upcoming fourth play of offense. They have five yards to show for it. The Bad X hatchets four plays and 14 yards, but somehow they lead 7-0, thanks in part to that Jake Maffee strip and fumble return. Hand off to Ethan Wisner, spins out of his first tackle, falls backwards but forwards across the 30 and down to the 31-yard line. Tackle made by Cody Bailey, defensive tackle, 6'2", 205-pound senior for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Sets up a third down and four. Yeah, they got to, whether he was either the bottom of his face mask or the top of his jersey and spun him around, and Wisner did all he could to, again, turn himself backwards and fall forward to get a couple yards on that play. But still, the Bad Axe Hatchet defense standing tall, not intimidated by that big offensive line holding their ground so far in this first quarter. At the 32-yard line, third down and four. Bad Axe splitting the, or Lakers splitting the hash marks. Now they're coming back inside to the traditional double wing. Man in motion, Logan Carlson Russell to the far sideline. Pitch out to Ethan Wisner trying to find the first down marker. He's short of it still. It looks like he might be shy by about a half of a yard, maybe a yard. Knocked out of bounds by Blake Tulaski for the Bad Axe Hatchet defense. Ethan Wisner, when he gets going, he's a hard man to bring down, but Bad Axe stopping him in his tracks. And this is no offense to him. He looks like an offensive lineman, but he runs. He is a powerful runner. He runs low to the ground for his size, and he is a load to bring down. And he was tackled right at that first down marker, so it depends on the spot. Yeah, they're going to say first down. So Lakers first, first down this evening. Moves the chains, first and 10 from their own 36-yard line. That's the guy that needs to get involved. That's his first carry of the game, uh, second carry of the game, excuse me. He, he's the guy that needs to get involved. The other guys on the edge, your speed guys, are set up based on Wisner running the ball into the teeth of that defense. And a pitch to Wisner going the other way to the near sideline, trying to find, and he's upended back at the fumble on the ball. They're going to say he was down before yeah, the ball popped loose at the 33-yard line. <laughs> Regardless, though, Micah Gordon brings him down for a three-yard loss back at the 33-yard line, second down and 13. I don't necessarily agree with it. I like when Ethan Wisner is attacking the defense. He's not the speediest guy, so the pitches to the outside don't necessarily work, but Micah Gordon does an excellent job getting off the block and getting down and tackling Wisner low and upends him into the air, and when Wisner hits the ground, that's when that ball squeaks out. So no doubt about it that it is down by contact, but an excellent job by Micah Gordon for that tackle for loss. Second down, 13, man in motion. Kretschmer back to pass. Connor McCain stay in the pocket. Throws downfield right down the hash marks, and this one's going to be inter- in through the hands of the defender. That was Jensen Emmerich, who the ball was better thrown at him more than the Laker uh, intended receiver, number 18, Garrett Bowles. 
And he could not bring that one in, maybe because of cold hands. Who knows? But it's going to set up a third down and 13 back at the Laker 33. Kane gave his receiver a chance to get the football. He did not adjust it. I don't know if he didn't see it because he's looking at the lights. But Jared Emmerich had the best chance to take that ball down. Jensen Emmerich. Jensen Emmerich, excuse me, right through the breadbasket. Should have been an interception. He would want that one back. But for McCain, he missed his open receiver. Over here right near us, Logan Cowles and Russell come out of the backfield down the sideline. Wide open on that zone defense the Bad X Hatchets was playing. Kretschmer in motion. Back to pass once again. Screen pass to Wisner to the left side. And Jake Maffee is going to rip him out. No, he gets out of that tackle. Now he's going to let him vert loose. Back at the 21-yard line. A huge tackle by Jake Maffee would not let go of the other sophomore in the field. And going to bring him down to the 21-yard line. And we have a flag over at the 29-yard line. Well aware from the play on the near sideline judge. During the play. Offense. That penalty's been declined. Fourth down. So, thanks in part due to the result of the play, it's going to be, they're going to decline the hold away from the ball and set up a fourth down in the country mile. Design screen pass, they do the exact same play, but at this time they have Wisner pretend like he's blocking and then slide out to the left side of the field. And McCain doesn't stare down the field quite long enough. He dumps it off to Wisner on that left side, and McPhee is not fooled. He stays in his position, is not fooled by anything. By holding his ground, he's one-on-one with Wisner and makes a huge tackle for loss. A punt is a high fly ball to the pitcher's mound, bounces at the 39, takes a bat, or Lakers bounce to midfield, and comes to rest at the Bannock's 49-yard line. So not much of a punt there, but they flip the field into the Bad Axe Hatchets back on offense with a 7-0 lead. Four minutes and 20 seconds left in the first quarter. It was just a couple years ago, Clark, but I'm pretty sure I played in a golf scramble with you. And when you when you hit the ball at the top of your driver head, that ball went straight up in the air, and that's exactly what that looked like. The only difference is, is he got a great bounce forward. And that fell on the fairway. And that one would have been in the yeah. fairway, yes. I don't think yours was. No, it was not. I don't remember it, but I can say it was not. First and 10 for the Bad Axe Hatchets of their own 49-yard line, 51-yard field in front of them to work with, roll right to left across your radio. 7-0 lead. They send Jensen Emmerich wide to the left. Number 20 in the backfield, Blake Tulaski. Single wing offense to the left. About four yards inside the right hash. Handoff to Tulaski, the direct snap. He gets out for a hard yard to midfield as the white jerseys swarm to the ball there, led by Logan Carlson Russell, linebacker for Lakers. A gain of a yard, second down and nine from the midfield. Direct, Actually, more 49 of Lakers. Direct snap, you're going to see a ton of that tonight. Direct snap to the to whoever is playing quarterback. And in this game, you're truly not going to have a quarterback. You have two running backs back here that are capable of handling the shotgun snap. And they will either read option between the two or take direct snaps and try to attack the defense quickly. And that time, it's uh, the former wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken, Blake Tulaski. They're rotating in. You're seeing Blake Tulaski. You're seeing uh, Minehold and... Blake Tulaski. Blake Tulaski. There you go. You're seeing them all in the backfield, rotating in plays, all getting their reps. Tulaski and Legault in the backfield, and we have a delay of game called against the Bad Axe Hatchets, as this will be a five-yard penalty. Dead ball. Delay a game. Offense. Five-yard penalty. Remains second down. So still second down. Second down in 13 for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Push back to their own 46-yard line. Three and a half minutes left here in the first quarter. Bad Axe leading 7-0 over the Lakers. Corbin Legault was the other name I was looking for. Those are the three guys that have been running the offense. Uh, we haven't seen him yet on this drive, but he's been the most productive for them on offense. Interesting to see who they keep rotating in. 
And at some point, they're going to have to diversify this offense. They're not going to have to, not going to be able to just direct snap and run at this defense. This Lakers front four are big bodies. They're going to be hard to move. Emmerich wide to the right and a pitch or direct snap to Tulaski. Gets back to the original line of scrimmage plus another yard. Brought down by Blake Smithers, defensive tackle, two six foot two, two hundred sixty five pounds, senior. A gain of four, third down and nine, upcoming for the Bad Axe Hatchets in Laker territory. Yeah, this is not a situation they want to be in. Penalties will do this to you, but uh, you're on the right side of the 50. This may be four down territory for the Hatchets already if they can get four or five yards minimum on this play. That time you saw that same direct snap. However, you're seeing guys coming in motion now, faking sweeps to the outside. That time Lakers not fooled, and third down and long for the Hatchets. Legault and Meinhold in the backfield. Direct snap to Meinhold coming around the right side. And Lakers going to swarm to the ball and bring him back down for a five-yard loss. Leading the way was Lakers 52, Colton Oyavides, middle linebacker, 6'2", 240-pound junior for the Lakers. Fourth down and 13. Bad X shows that reverse, that jet sweep from right to left to Corbin Legault. The Lakers not fooled by it at all. Meinhold keeps it around the right side, and Oyavides does not miss it in the backfield a big loss fourth down and probably 12 to go and uh, the hatchets are going to have to call on micah gordon to swap fields here so micah gordon stands his own 32 yard line garrett bulls awaiting the punt punt is up not much win tonight bounce comes down at the 30 yard line takes a big lager bad axe bounce all the wing comes to rest at the 19 yard line where it is down by the bad axe special teams First in 10 for the Lakers upcoming from their own 19-yard line. They trail 7-0. A minute 44 left here in the first quarter. Lakers with just one first down tonight. You don't always talk about a punter, but in this case, Micah Gordon is a weapon in the sense that he can switch field positions in a hurry. That ball is kicked high in the air. It just drifts, and it allows that special teams to get down the field, not allow returns. That time, the Lakers special teams just lets it bounce. It takes a bad axe bounce backwards, and now... 81 yards to go to pay dirt for the green. Handoff to Ethan Wisner up the gut, gets across the 20 and down to the 23-yard line for a four-yard gain. Depending on the spot there, out of the bottom of the pile is a blue jersey somewhere. Looks like number 40, Jake Maffey, defensive end, 6'3", 215-pound sophomore for the Bad Axe Hatchets, making the stop. If you're Lakers on offense, no need to panic. You have to be okay with Ethan, Ethan Wisner doing what he does best, and that is grinding out yards three, four, five yards at a time. Let him attack the middle of that defense. And as soon as you see that bad X defense creep in, that's when you run it to the outside with guys like Collison Russell. Fumble on the play. Lakers has to jump on it back at the 19-yard line. Looks like a bad handoff there from Connor McCain to whoever was the intended receiver or intended ball carrier. Zach Kretschmer jumps on it, number 23 for the Lakers. Third down in 10 upcoming for the Lakers. Uh, certainly you're seeing Collison Russell come from that left end spot back across the field to the right and uh, looked miscommunication. It didn't look like he was expecting to get the football. I think it was a misdirection fake where McCain keeps it around the left side and uh, the ball hits the turf and fortunately for the Lakers, Kretschmer was able to dive on it with two hatchets almost in the area recovering for themselves. Sticking to the double wing, rolling to the right. Zach Kretschmer gets the handoff, coming back upfield, and he's going to be stopped right in his tracks at the 22-yard line for a three-yard gain. Leading the way was Corbin Legault for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Going to make him down for a four-yard gain, but it's fourth and sixth deep in their own territory at their own 23-yard line. Those sweeps 
Those long plays around the sideline are taking a long time to develop, and you're seeing the hatchets rotating over quickly and taking away their leverage, not allowing big gains. And after 12 minutes of play, the Bad Axe Hatchets lead the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers 7-0 at the end of the first quarter, right here on the WLW Sports Network, 7-0 Bad Axe. Fourth down and six upcoming for the Elgin Pigeon Bayport Lakers. They have the punting unit out there. Twelve minutes before the half is over. Bad Axe with the lone score coming off of a Jake McPhee 53-yard strip and run down the field. The PAT from Gordon was good. It's 7-0 Bad Axe after the first quarter. And the Bad Axe special teams on awaiting the punt from Garrett Bowles. Actually, that's not Garrett Bowles. Looks like that would be Logan Callison Russell for the Lakers. Awaying the snap at his own 11-yard line. Logan Galson Russell's punt. Beautiful-looking punt. Comes across midfield and fielded at the 44-yard line by Griffin Meinhold. The flag flies a block in the back. Meinhold comes down the near sideline, and he's ripped down at the 33-yard line after a 22-yard return for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Number 52 on the stop. That's Oyavidas for the Lakers on special teams, and this will push Lakers forward from the spot of the... Excuse me, no, I take that back. This will push Bad Axe backwards from the spot of the foul 10 yards. Same but different, right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> An unnecessary block in the back there, too, is, is Griffin Meinhold. Your return. Illegal block in the back. Receiving team. 10 yards from the spot of the foul. First down. He is absolutely right. He is absolutely right. That was a... Easy block in the back right out in the open. We all saw it. And it was not a necessary one, too, because Griffin Meinhold was running to the right. And that block in the back came all the way by the left hash away from the play. So a little bit of an unnecessary, over-aggressive play there that's going to cost the Hatchets an extra 10 yards and really good field position. But nonetheless, uh, with 11.47 to go in the first half, they have a seven-point lead and the football. The Hatchets couldn't ask for a better situation than they're in right now. They lead 7-0 over the... Away team, the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Banax won this game two weeks ago in Lakers on the Laker homecoming 27-6. First and 10 for the Banax Hatchets to their own 36-yard line. Getting the call in, running into the huddle would be Andrew Parteka, a blocking back for Hatchets in this single-wing offense. Running up to the line now, Jensen Emmerich wide to the right, Meinhold and Legault in the backfield. There's a snap, direct snap to Meinhold right up the gut. He gets out for maybe a yard, maybe two before forward progress is stopped. Big man 76, Luke Braun, and another stop for the Lakers after a gain of a yard, second down and nine. And direct snap right to Meinhold. He takes it straight ahead right into Luke Brown, and no yards after contact. He is dropped after a short gain, second down and nine. Second down nine from the 37-yard line. 11-15 before the half is over. In that first ball game, Connor McCain. Oh, I lost my track of my thought there. LeCorbin Legault had nine carries for 64 yards for the Bad Axe Hatchets in one score. Second down and nine for the Hatchets. Two yards inside the right hash. Left or right across your radio. Direct snap to Meinhold looking to pass. Rolling to his right play action. Throws downfield. It is caught into the hands of number 40, Jake McPhee, at the 39-yard line. They're going to say he's tackled inbounds. And all said and done, it's a gain of a yard. Third down and seven. 
His, uh, his intended receiver was Jensen Emmerich coming down the sideline, but he fell. I'm not sure if he ran into a Laker defender or when he changed directions, he slipped and fell. But when he went out of the play, now he's got two safety valves, two dump-off receivers to throw it to. He just gets it to McPhee and takes what is given to him, a yard, yard and a half at most. I like the play call. Meinhold, as a young quarterback, makes a good decision. Take what the defense gives you and live to see another down. It's a direct snap to number three going up. Corbin the Galt gets out one tackle, spins his way down the head was helmet was rattled all over on the tackle there gets across to the 43 yard line stop made by Peyton Kinney as well as Mason Williams for the Lakers and this will set up a fourth down and three to go for the Bad Axe Hatchets neither we've had three straight puns since that fumble touchdown uh, as, as much as you'd like to be aggressive uh, you have an excellent kicker that has been flipping the field and your defense has performed outstanding so far in the first half and as aggressive as I would like to be as a coach I I would punt it away here with the lead and hope your defense who has gotten you the lead by the way uh, let them keep doing what they're doing fourth down and three from the 43 yard line and they are going for it Jensen Emmerich wide to the right single wing to the right Lakers crowding the box on defense and now we have whistles that flag and this will be another delay of game. This is the second delay of game against the Banax Hatchets tonight. Dead ball. Delay of game. Offense. Five-yard penalty. Remains fourth down. You see a lot of teams, uh, you see it on Sunday, a lot, a lot of teams get under, get up the line of scrimmage and actually try to draw the other team off sides. If they were going to do that, they need to allow themselves some time. They weren't even <laughs> set, and they got that delay of game call. Uh, and that's twice now that that's happened. That's miscommunication. That's taking the coaching staff too long to relay the play to his young team, which is understandable. New quarterback, you had to juggle the lineup. But this five-yard penalty now does what any team would do now at fourth down and eight. You have to punt it away now and hope Micah Gordon can get a big kick out. And the punt is nearly blocked by Oyavides. And the bounces at the 40-yard line takes a bad X bounce across the 35 and brought down at the 34-yard line. Micah Gordon was run into at the end of the play. They're going to say no flag on it. First and 10 for the Youngton Pigeon Bayport Lakers at their own 34, trailing 7-0. I'll give him an A+. Plus. I guarantee he watches the NBA because he put on a <laughs> heck of a show there trying to draw that penalty for his team. But no call there. I like the no call and a good punt there by Micah Gordon flipping the fields. And now the Bad Axe defense, which has performed outstandingly so far tonight, is going to be asked to make another stop against this Laker offense. So we've had four straight punts and three Three and outs combined between the two teams. First and 10 from the 34 for the Lakers. Power eye formation for the Lakers. Pitch to Ethan Wisner with two lead blockers, Oyevides and Smithers. Breaks out of one tackle and is going to be ripped down across the 35 down to the 36-yard line. Tackle made by number three, Corbin Legault for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Second down and seven upcoming for the Lakers. 8.58 before the half is over. 7-0 Bad Axe leading Lakers on offense. That's the guy they need to feed the rock. I'm not saying he needs 35 carries tonight, but Wisner is a guy that's highly motivated, did not play all that well the last time around, and I fully expect him to have a nice game tonight. you got to feature him first and work off of him. He's going to work hard for everything he got. That was a tough earn two yards. Coming in the I formation, another handoff to Ethan Wisner. Gets close to the first down marker, and they're going to mark him down right at the first down marker at the 44-yard line. Tackle made by Badax's Andrew Partega, linebacker. 5'10", 180-pound senior for the Hatchets. Marking him down right at the first down marker. And they're going to say no word. There it is, first down Lakers. 
a delayed call, but there goes the chain game. Now we'll move it. So you see the Lakers fall into a little bit of a pro-style offense, and when they do that, you see that extended eye, two fullbacks, and then Ethan Wisner, the third back. And Badak sniffs that one off as Ethan Wisner, a little bit of a delayed handoff from Connor McCain to Ethan Wisner. He's going to be brought down at the 43-yard line, loss of a yard on the play. Second down and 11, tackle made by Landon, or Landon King for the Bad Axe Hatchets, a junior. Well, when you have three guys in the eye, it takes a long time for the third guy to get there, <laughs> but the Lakers' offense does not create any movement. That Bad Axe defensive line stacks it up, and then what happens is, is the lead fullback and the second fullback fall in line, and when Wisner gets the football, he's running right into the back of them fullbacks with absolutely nowhere to go, and the Bad Axe D-line wins that one. No gain. And the two, not really, I could say fullbacks, but we'll say linemen. Oyevides and Blake Smithers combined 505 pounds. And we have flags flying, we have whistles, we have, I think we do believe, a timeout called by the Lakers. So timeout Lakers with 7.13 remaining in the first half. It's second down in 10 from the 44-yard line. You're listening to the W, LW Sports Network, Bad Axe 7, Lakers nothing. Lakers coming out, facing a second and ten from their own 44. Right to left across the radio. Pitch to Zach Kretschmer coming around the right gap. A flag flies in the trenches, and Benek swarms to the ball and marks him down at the 45-yard line for just a gain of a yard. Corbin Legault bringing down Kretschmer, the former teammates. And this will be another, let's find out here, another hold from the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. That hold looked like it was on the left side of the line. The play is going to the right, so another one of them holds that is away from the play, and now they're they're asking the bad act sideline if they'd like to accept or not. They can accept the penalty, replay second down if they'd like. Holding. Offense. Ten yards from the spot of the foul. Replay second down. So instead of a second down in ten or a third down in ten after the result of that play, they're going to replay the down in now second down and 20 from the 34-yard line of Lakers' own territory, 7-0-4 before the half. Bad X still leading 7-0. Regardless, it's a win for the Bad X defense. Third down at 10 or second and 20, that is perfect for your defense. So they're trying to gain a little field position and hope the Lakers cannot make up 20 yards in these next two plays. Lakers coming back out to the double wing. Kretschmer in motion, rolling to his left, Connor McCain looking downfield to pass, and this was into the hands of Logan Carlson-Russell, and he drops it, and it hits the turf at the 50-yard line as Banex was had about three men in the vicinity, and Logan Carlson-Russell was reached out, and Jensen Emmerich brought him down before he could grab hold of possession, incomplete, third down and 20. That's on the receiver. That's a good throw by McCain. It's a little high, but he's able to get both hands on it. And as he grabs the ball and comes to the ground, he doesn't pull it into his body. He kind of holds it up in the air. And Jensen Emmerich is able to hit him in the back as he was the deep safety and jar that ball loose, and the ball hits the turf. Otherwise, we're looking at about a 15-yard completion, and you're looking at third down and five. Instead, third down to 20. Nice play by the safety. Line of, line of scrimmage at the 34. First down marker at Barry Road. Kemp Lakers coming out in the spread formation. Connor McCain all of his lonesome and coming throwing downfield. And Zach Kretschmer brings it in at the 34-yard line in, in step. Down to the 10-yard line and ripped down at the 6-yard line by number 11, Jensen Emmerich. Connor McCain connects 
with Zach Kretschmer in stride, and they flip the field into the Bad X red zone. That's the problem when you play a prevent defense, Clark. You prevent your defense from getting off the field. There's four receivers in the shotgun formation, two to the left, two to the right, and then the left-hand slot going right down the left hash mark is Kretschmer, one of their top playmakers, and he is unguarded, streaking down the field. And Jensen Emmerich, who is in coverage on the opposite side, showcased his speed to come across the other side of the field and make a touchdown-saving tackle, but a huge throw and catch and a much-needed big play for the Lakers. 60-yard catch from Zach Kretschmer, and it's a handoff right up the gut to Ethan Wisner, tackle made by number 40, Jake McPhee for the Bad Axe front line. And they get down to the four-yard line, actually the three-yard line according to the spot. A gain of three on the play, second down and goal from the three-yard line. Keep that deep pass play in your back pocket. Uh, the coaches on the Lakers sideline is going to remember how wide open he was and dial that up again. But for now, we're in the red zone, and that means Ethan Wisner time, and he just pushes the pile ahead for a couple yards, inching closer to that goal line. 5.55 before the half is over. Connor McCain under center. Kretschmer in motion. Handoff to Wisner up the gut. And Lakers are bat- cannot get much going there. They get down to about the two-yard line this time around. Number 56 for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Austin Vollmering, defensive guard, 5'10", 185-pound junior, making the stop at the two-yard line. This is as close to rugby style as you're going to get. you got bodies stacked up on top of each other, and you're, it's quick handoffs to Wisner. And when he's in that fullback position, he looks like another quarterback right behind the quarterback. He is that close to him. That ball is snapped, and as fast as you can hand it off to Wisner, he is going straight ahead, not looking in any other direction. And looks like that ball is down just inside the two-yard line, third and goal from there. Wisner set up two yards behind McCain. It's a handoff to Zach Kretschmer. Gets down to the end zone. He is in. Touchdown, Lakers. Lakers finds the end zone for the first time tonight with the 5.03 mark in the second quarter, making this a one-point ball game with the two-point conversion still upcoming for the green and white. It is now Bad X 7, Lakers 6. At that time, you see the whole defensive line of Bad X assume that Wisner is going to get the football, and that's what I've been talking about. You have to lead with your best player and work away from him. Wisner with two straight carries, pushing that team back. Bad X commits to stopping that internal run. They flip it to Kretschmer around the outside, and he strolls into the end zone for Lakers' first six points of the evening. And we have a timeout called by the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. It looks no, actually by the Bad X Hatchets. Trying to retain this lead, leading 7-6, 5-0-3 before the half is over. Dave Hansen, what are we... What does Cal Pokley and the Bad Axe Hatchet coaching staff here want to talk with their team? What are they seeing here that's changing for the Lakers working now? Not much. They, they they gave up one big play, and it was on third and a mile. I think you said the first down marker was Barry Road. Well, they found it and got past that. But uh, that's the only mistake this defense has made. There was nobody. It was a blown coverage assignment. And when you get first and goal inside the five, you're going to see good teams who run the football. They're going to, they're going to connect on that. And Kretschmer finishes off this drive with a touchdown. Not surprised that the uh, the Baddocks coaching staff burns through all their timeouts in the first half. They have had numerous injuries, shuffling players around. So communication is key for them. And if he sees something he doesn't like, he is going to use those timeouts no matter the situation to make sure that his defense or his offense is in the proper position at the right time. Clearly saw a formation that they didn't like, and they wanted to call timeout and make sure the proper 
uh, people were on the field to defend it. As you see Lakers here, spread it out with two receivers to the right and one to the left. One to the left. That would be Garrett Bowles. Kretschmer in motion. Connor McCain rolling to his right, looking to pass. And this was intercepted by the Bad Axe Hatches. And they're going back the other way. This is an immediate dead ball. Corbin the Galt brought in the interception on the two-point conversion. The two-point conversion is no good. So the Bad Axe Hatchets retain their lead by one point. 7-6, left in the first half right here on the WLW Sports Network. Lakers score as they're back on the board for the first time today, 7-6. to six, As they still trail the hometown Bad Axe Hatchets. Ethan Wizner will be kicking off from the 40-yard line. Nine play, 66-yard drive, resulting in a touchdown from Zach Kretschmer. And it's brought in by Corbin the Galt at the 19-yard line. Coming to the near sideline. Gets out one tackle, gets out of two tackles across the 40-yard line and is dragged down from behind and pushed out of bounds at the 47-48-yard line. And they're still going to go on to the 49-yard line, pushed out of bounds by Garrett Bowles. A nice return of 30 yards for Corbin Legault. So many missed tackles, but Corbin Legault, shifty change of direction and then showcasing a little speed once he got past those first two tacklers, getting up the sideline and... Hitting the ball all the way down. Looks like he's marked out at his own 49-yard line. So a very nice return by Corbin Legault against his old team, by the way. It's giving that bad axe offense now pretty good field position and a one-point lead with 4.52 left in the first half. 7-6, bad axe leading the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. On offense, left right across the radio from their own 49-yard line. St. Jensen Emmerich wide left to the, to the left. Seven and three in the backfield. That would be Corbin Legault and Griffin Meinhold. Direct snap to Meinhold. Hits the line of scrimmage and nothing more. As big man 52 middle linebacker Colton Oyavitas for the Lakers stops him there for no gain. Second down and 10. Peyton Kinney in there as well. And as soon as Meinhold uh, got around him, he was grabbed and suplexed backwards. Just absolutely <laughs> yeah. thrown backwards and uh, just going nowhere. Great job by that front four of Lakers to get in the backfield and disrupt that play from the get-go. Coming out the single wing to the right this time, sending number 17, Jack Hollingsworth, wide right. Looks like number 20, Blake Tulaski in the backfield as well. And a direct snap to Tulaski coming around the right end. Breaks out of one tackle, breaks out of two tackles, and it's going to take a whole slew of white jerseys at the 47 of Lakers to bring him down after a four-yard gain. Mason Dubes comes out of the secondary to make the stop, leading the charge. Third down and six. Nice run there by Tulaski as he's able to slip past those front four and get into the middle linebacking area where it took Mason Dubes, the deep safety, to come up and finally clean him up after a gain of four. Third down from the 47 of Lakers. Banks trying to get their first offensive touchdown of the night. They haven't been overly creative on offense. You're seeing a ton of direct snaps and just trying to f create leverage on the Laker defense. So if they're able to maintain their position and not get fooled, the Lakers have done that so far and really negated any big play by this Bad X offense. Uh, back to pass. Griffin Meinhold throws to the far sideline into the hands of Jensen Emmerich, and he's ripped down to the 36-yard line. It'll be enough to move the chains. An 11-yard reception from Griffin uh, Meinhold to Jensen Emmerich, ripped down by Garrett Bowles. First and 10 for the Bad Axe Hatchets, deeper into Laker territory. Uh, Garrett Bowles got caught cheating there. The play action works 
perfectly. He bites on it and sees that he's beat. He turns around. The ball has actually floated a little bit. Griffin Meinhold put a little too much air under it, but the wide receiver was so open he's able to make that catch. And that's Jensen Emmerich for a first down for Bad X, one of their biggest plays on offense so far. From the 36 of Lakers, left, right, across the radio, wide, right, one receiver. It's a direct snap to Tulaski coming around the right end. And he is going to be upended by the Laker front line for no gain at the 36-yard line. Lean the way, Logan Carlson-Russell, as well as Colton Oyevitas. Yeah, Colton Oyevitas, don't get tired of hearing that name. He will be in on a lot of plays. He is an excellent middle linebacker, a first-teamer in my opinion, and he is all over the field cleaning up that tackle there for no gain. Second down and 10 from the 36. Getting the call from Cal Pokley, number 7, Griffin Meinhold. He now checks back out. And Corbin Legault checks in. I love that play action call just to play a go. And Griffin Meinhold, as a sophomore, sells it well. He actually ran ahead two steps and then planted and threw that football completely threw off Lakers. And Laker or Bad X is going to be called for a penalty here. Too many men on the field as they came out of the out of the huddle with 12. They realized it, tried to get one off the field. Five yard penalty. Still second down. So instead of a second and 10, now a second and 15 for the Bad Axe Hatchets from their Laker 41-yard line. I think at that point I just line them up and hope they don't catch me at that point because when you throw a guy off the field, it tells the official that something is not right. But uh, nonetheless, they are guilty of having too many men in the huddle, and that that will cost the Hatchets five yards. So the Hatchets run up to the line, sending one wide to the right, number 17, Jack Hollingsworth. In the backfield, Direct snap to Corbin Legault. Comes down the right gap. He has room to run, and he's across all the way down to the 31-yard line. It's going to be a gain of 10 on the play. He's going to set up a third and manageable here for the Banax Hatchets. Stop made by Dalton Hresky as well as Peyton Kinney for the Lakers. Third down and six. Corbin Legault hasn't carried the ball in over a half an hour. I was starting to wonder where he went, and there he is. He makes an impact as soon as he gets to football. Uh, about a 10-yard gain. All that, that penalty and everything is just behind him now and he creates third down and manageable now which don't get me wrong we are in four down territory so that was a big run to make this third down just five yards to go first down markers at the 26 yard line handoff or direct snap to griffin Meinhold, and this one goes absolutely nowhere lead the way was ethan wisner as well as 62 peyton kinney for a yard loss back to the 32 yard line fourth down and seven yeah, sophomore meets sophomore, but uh, one of them is uh, a lot bigger than the other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Mr. Wisner introduces Meinhold to an absolute hard tackle right into that cold ground, and uh, well played on defense by him. That's going to bring up fourth down and six. If you're the Lakers, that play action beat you on third down before. Keep an eye out for that. A, probably a pass play here and see if they can find an open receiver. Going for it on fourth and seven. 42 seconds left in the half. Griffin Meinhold goes right up the middle, and he's going to be well short of the first down marker. A gain of a yard when they needed seven. Stop made by Colton Oyevitas for the Lakers, and turnover on downs for the Bad Axe Hatchets, giving the ball back to the Lakers. Actually a very smart play there by a young sophomore. He pitches that ball, they lose yards. They have, that play was absolutely taken away. Well done by the Laker defense. And as a young player, he realized that we have lost this series. The best thing I can do is go straight ahead and not make it worse. And now with just 36 seconds to go, Lakers now has to go the entire length of the field. Bad X offense, maybe they don't score there, yes, but they milk enough time. Makes it very difficult for now for the Lakers to put up any points before the half. At the 31-yard line, 
69-yard field to work with for the Lakers and 36 seconds. Pitch out to Zach Kretschmer coming around the right end. Breaks out of one tackle. Breaks out of a second tackle. Ball is on the floor. And looks like Lakers recovers at the 43-yard line on a second effort. And a second player coming back in. Garrett Bowles, Johnny on the spot there. Regardless, though, enough to move the chains first and ten. Well, it took him about five seconds to stop the clock. Knowing it was a first down, the officials took forever to wave that off. A few seconds roll off the clock, but I'm, I'm wondering why the running back doesn't go out of bounds there. He had an absolute opportunity, and that's uh, Kretschmer, I believe, a veteran running back. He's that ton, carried the ball a ton. There was an opportunity to get – he already had the first down. Get out of bounds, stop the clock. Instead, they have to – looks like they have no intention of stopping the clock. So there's your answer right there. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> Two wide to the left, and now we have a timeout with 10 seconds left. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very – I'm questioning clock management here. Uh, you let 10 extra seconds go off the – you only have 10 seconds left now. I Let it go to halftime. <laughs> well, Dave will certainly have plenty to discuss on Sunday for the strong side. <laughs> As, of course, is Sunday at 7 p.m. on Sports Radio 1021 and now also live on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com and search for WLW Sports, and you'll pop right up. Hit subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss a single moment of the strong side. Sunday at 7 p.m., Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, and Paul P. Adams. Of course, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Thompson Chevrolet, Sure Health, Thumb Bank and Trust, Randy Sunning Center, 269 Guns, and Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. First and ten for the – that would be the Elkton Pigeon Bay for Lakers. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not sure why, but after the first down was given, I'm not sure why Lakers didn't call timeout, stop the clock. They let ten seconds burn off. Now there's only ten left in the half. Staying in the pocket, throwing downfield to pass. Connor McCain into the hands of Griffin Meinhold. In and out, falls incomplete, nearly intercepted pass. was intended for Ethan Wisner. Four seconds on the clock, stops the clock there. And now second down and 10 from the 43-yard line of their own territory. At Wisner didn't make a, a ton of an effort to catch that football, but uh, the, the Bad Axe defender heard footsteps. There's no doubt about it, but nonetheless, he does his job. That ball hits the turf. That's what you want. You don't need an interception there. You need to make sure that, that the play stays in front of you and knock the ball down, and that's a great job by the secondary of Bad Axe. Lakers coming up to the line. Just four seconds left in this first half. Bad X seven, Lakers six. You're going to see the exact same play, I think, unless they just run it here and happy with what they've got. McCain might throw it downfield one more time. Kretschmer in motion. McCain looking to pass. Stays in the pocket. Slings us down to the far sideline intended for Kretschmer, and this one's intercepted by Bad X. Number 11, Jensen Emmer cuts back into the midfield. He's at the 40-yard line to the 45, and he's being tracked down at the 47-yard line and brought down by Colton Oyavides. And that is how the first half will end an interception into the hands of Jensen Emmerich. And Bad Axe leads at the halftime in the first round of the MHSA playoffs in Division 7, 7 to 6 over the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers, right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Your home for high school football is the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services. 7 to 6, Bad Axe leads at the half.